listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service. Educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 294, uh, entitled Interview with Robin Wicker from Geoponics Corp., uh, otherwise known as uh, Turf Paint uh, on Instagram. Uh, Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another uh, episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, uh, the comments, and the feedback that you guys send through. Uh, absolutely fantastic to be uh, part of this uh, ever-growing uh, green industry community. Now, uh, we all, uh, always hear the saying that the riches are in the niches. And this next guest uh, definitely uh, has a product uh, that can be considered a niche product that could uh, you know, really help take your business uh, to the next level and to uh, differentiate it uh, from all of your local competition. So without further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome Robin Wicker to the show. Hey, Robin, how's it going? Hello, Julio. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, so it's such a pleasure to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, taking uh, out the time today. I know uh, you're a very busy person traveling around the country. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, all about uh, your product and your company. So let's dive right in. Uh, tell us all a bit about yourself and your business. Um, well, Geoponics Corp, uh, we do uh, various uh, different types of products. We actually started out early on uh, in the uh, aquatics industry. Actually, uh, okay. we were working with uh, we kind of worked with uh, uh, a mobilization of phosphorus, help, help, trying to help uh, reduce the need for you know copper sulfate, uh, which is used to uh, um, assist with the reduction or as a contact algaecide in, in lakes and. Um, my background is actually in, uh, was in industrial wet processing and we, of course, in dealing with, uh, textiles and, and, and things of that nature, certainly surfactants, uh, wetting agents and colorants came into play. And, and, you know, as I transitioned into this industry, I don't know, I guess it's been 14 years ago. Um, you know, some that I would, you know, just hear and listen to, uh, golf course superintendents and landscapers talk about some of their issues and the things that they were they were facing and a lot of them kind of transitioned across you know different industries so so we kind of focused in on you know uh, whether it be lakes or how to manage water uh, you know co2 or carbon dioxide levels in soils and as well as that of oxygen and you know from that you know one day um a, uh, a golf course had asked us to see if we could come up with a colorant that would uh, be environmentally friendly and uh, match that of uh, 419 Bermuda grass. Okay. Um, in the summertime, I guess, you know, those of you, if you're familiar with, you know, using, uh, I guess, I guess to give a color comparison, it would be like if you were taking, uh, I don't know, 15 pounds per acre of ferrosulfate heptahydrate or an iron, heavy yep. iron application on, on 419. In the summertime, that was the color we were looking for because 
they were looking to get away from overseeding. Okay. And, uh, and, and of course it, our, that was our, when our first customer and then our second customer was, uh, Pinehurst, uh, resort. And then it kind of took off from there. Okay. Very, very interesting. I'm all um, uh, familiar here. I'm on uh, the west coast of uh, Canada in the Pacific Northwest area. We get a lot of rain and a lot of moss. And uh, right. the way we treat moss is using iron sulfate, uh, putting uh, uh, iron sulfate product down, and it, it turns the moss black and kills the moss off. And then you go uh, back and power rake it. So I'm, all, I'm very familiar with uh, how green it'll make, uh, you know, it kills the moss, but it also makes the surrounding actual lawn very very dark lush green uh having that yes. sulfate so yeah i can understand uh, uh you guys wanting to sort of match uh that color uh and get that really very healthy uh looking uh, color because i always actually refer to uh, the iron sulfate as my secret weapon uh with uh, clients because when i put it down <laughs> usually all the neighbors are asking what they did to their lawn to make it look so uh so green and healthy looking um right so uh well, in- yeah go ahead Go ahead. Nope. Now, I was just going to say from from that, you know, that's where we kind of develop the uh, the endurance line of products, uh, which are organic pigments, and you know, specifically for you know turf grass. And we started out in golf courses, and then moved into um, sports turf and landscaping. And it's really kind of, and there are other, uh, you know, there's various um, pigments and paints on the market. I think we have done the best we can to, you know, match, you know, you say you're, you know, you're in a cool season area, uh, you know, and, you know, whether you're, whether you have fescues or Bermuda or zoysia or centipede or cuyu grass, you know, there's all these different variations of color that people expect. And, you know, that we try to look at how we want folks like, whether it be a golf course superintendent, a lawn care professional, uh, to be able to look at, at a lawn for it, let's say, and just know that it is really green. And, you know, sometimes there's always been a little bit of a maybe a negative connotation that has come with, uh, you know, painting grass because it may not look natural. Mm-hmm. So we really strive to kind of dial that in. So that you know, landscapers or, or LCO uh, uh, operators, you know, they they're they're able to use this to offer their clients a uh, a nice color that doesn't look artificial. Yes, and okay. that's you know that's really what we've strived. Whether it's been you know starting out from the golf course uh, industry and then moving into uh, sports turf, I would imagine. I would say pretty much a lot of people have already seen our product, whether it be in professional football, professional baseball, um, you know, in lawn care. You know, we do a lot of televised events like the uh, waste management tournament. Um, and there's there's a lot of different uh, golf events that we do on on TV, and most people they would never suspect that the the color has been enhanced. And we both, you know, like we'll either do, you know, we can certainly do whether it's dormant. Uh, uh, warm season grasses, or we do a lot of work with as well as with cool season grasses as well. 
Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, it's very uh, interesting. I stumbled upon um, your product initially on Instagram, just seeing some of the little video clips in the, and stuff uh, that you guys put out uh, kind of came across my feed. And, um, you know, almost immediately, I was like, light bulb went off. Because, you know, you would think here, <laughs> even in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we're known from, you know, here I am in Vancouver, British Columbia, all the way to, you know, Seattle, Oregon. You're thinking about rain, 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 rain. And we get... Uh, you know, over 200 and something days of rain. And uh, so you think that everything is is green. I think even, uh, uh, you know, the whole Washington state and Seattle is called the Emerald City and stuff because it's so green. But uh, what people don't realize, too, is because we get so much rain, there's not so many uh, homes that actually put irrigation systems in. And what happens right. is that in the summer, we actually have no rain for a few months and almost every single lawn turns into hay. It's like brown, dry, crunchy. Right. Uh, so I s- immediately saw like, whoa, like there's an opportunity right there to, um, you know, sell uh, a service and add it on uh, to a lawn care business in this region as well. Even though we get so much rain throughout most of the year, there's still that summertime when people are out enjoying doing barbecues and things like that and their lawns are all brown and uh that's right yeah so yeah it's kind of funny how that works you know when with and we see that in uh our trends as we was as we look at things uh you know sales and where where things are going throughout the year i mean we work with a lot of sod farms you know that are that you know a lot of some of the the turf that's sold like right now for example, in Texas, you know, they've had some extreme cold temperatures. Yes. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, you know, they, we color enhance the turf so that that's sold into, into retail stores. Uh, you know, but because normally, you know, that grass that goes in there this time of year is going to be dormant or mm. uh, moderately dormant. Uh, but just like you said, as you move into the summer months, you know, secondary to either one water and and very much so heat stress, especially with cool season grasses. And, you know, you just get you you know the turf will turn brown. So you kind of see the transition from you know our season kind of runs you know like from September to October, September Octoberish through March for uh, southern grasses. You know, because as they you know transition into dormancy. Yeah, you know they the, obviously the grass turns brown and and people are looking uh, to have their you know have the green grass. The other alternative is you know to overseed, okay. and you know the, the overseeding with perennial ryegrass and uh, agronomically is not the you know not necessarily the best option because number one it requires a lot of water and two it, you have the competition of the perennial ryegrass. When it transitions out in the spring and summer, and then the, the 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 zoysia or the Bermuda, whatever they've overseeded with, has that competition. And we've seen that uh, because it, the the warm season turf that that has not been overseeded, uh, it just does so much better because it doesn't have to compete with the the same resources, i.e., the water, fertility, whatever. So. You just get a much better stand of grass, you know, going in through the summer. Oh, nice! Uh, and then, and then, and then, of course, in the with with cool season grasses, almost always, you know, even though, and, and I guess, you know, the further north you are, you know, the, the you know, it's certainly going to become uh, a variable, you know, whether 
you're getting a lot of snow. I mean, you know, whether just depending on where you are, but even still a lot of the, the cool season grasses or fescues, they'll still kind of go off color in the wintertime, but then you see this whole other transition in the summertime because of heat stress or, you know, there's just, you know, some places that we just don't, you know, they don't have a lot of water. I mean, as we move, you know, forward, water is going to become more and more and more of an issue, you know, especially like when you get into Texas, yeah. uh, out West, a lot of the comp- a lot of the areas like Las Vegas, Southern California, these are all areas that have severe, uh, you know, water challenges. So, yes. you know, maybe, you know, and, and we've also seen like with seed prices, you know, because of the, you know, population of the planets going up, uh, a lot of that land is now being used to grow food. And so perennial ryegrass, the cost of those, of, of the seed is, you know, one, it's limited and two, it's becoming more and more expensive. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. So that, and it, Sorry, so that, you know, as far as a landscaper is concerned, you know, there's so many people that don't really do a whole lot in the wintertime because there's, you know, they're doing hardscapes or doing whatever they typically are doing during those months. But this certainly gives them an opportunity to offer a nice service. It, it looks very realistic. Most people will never know that it, it, that it is, uh, it has been, uh, painted, uh, depending on the type of turf you, you use. We have various colors that, mm-hmm. that match very specifically to the type of, of grass. And then, of course, we have a team of people that all they do is they travel around the United States and they teach landscaping companies how to, you know, how to do this. So, you know, whether they're, you know, cutting in around concrete and, uh, how to apply it, you know, mix ratios so that, that it, you know, it stays on the grass. Uh, so, you know, and we have a lot of fun doing it. It's, it's a, it's a great experience and we enjoy working so much with uh, folks to do that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That, I just had another actually a light bulb moment when you were talking about it looking realistic. And uh, my son actually uh, up in his room, I have a, a friend of mine there. My son's a, a very um, into soccer uh, and playing soccer and that and follows like all these European teams and stuff. And one of my friends went to Europe on a uh, vacation and went to visit some of these very famous stadiums that the soccer teams play in. And one of them was uh, in Barcelona, uh, going to see the FC Barcelona uh, stadium. And he brought back a um, souvenir for my son. And basically, it was a, a little box and you opened it up and it was a piece of the field. It was a piece of grass that when they change out the turf when it gets older and stuff they change it out and they actually cut it up into little squares and and sell it in these little packages of souvenir and it's in like plastic and stuff and uh it's like super green looking and uh we always wondered like how the heck is this still green like why isn't it gone brown why isn't it and it just dawned on me like right now as you're talking that uh that's probably died that uh It could be. I mean, it depends on the field, but a lot of folks really have no idea, nor did I, really, until I got into this business of what all goes into, you know, managing a stadium. You know, most people don't think about, like, you know, if you have a concert, you know, and you have, you know, 100,000 people or 60,000 people, I don't know, and they're all standing on the grass, you know, they're tromping on it, and then the next thing you know that you have – you have uh, a football game, let's say, or a soccer match or whatever, yep. 
And it's literally, you know, a week away or I've seen where we, you know, they had a, a one concert with a very popular artist. And within, uh, you know, we had one week to get everything ready for the football game that was going to be televised. So this is certainly a way that helps those scenarios. So, you know, when you're, you know, when, you know, we always say when you're doing, a, you know, when you're doing a televised event, whether it be football or golf, you know, when the Goodyear blimp flies over, you know, and now given, you know, the way television works and how intricate, you know, the, you know, all the, the definition is now on TV, you know, they, it picks up every single detail. So mm-hmm. a lot of times focus in on, okay, we need as close to perfection as we can get it. And, and, and we try to transition that from the professional market into offering that to, you know, uh, John's landscaping service, you know, that he can or an individual can go out and do these exact things that we're doing in, uh, for, you know, for, t- for TV, uh, you know, and so they can offer those same services, uh, uh, to their clients as well. And it's not, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's it's just there's simple things, you know, matching the colors with things, uh, and it, and it literally has taken us into, and we've done this in you know in the Middle East and Dubai, uh, in Europe, you know, there's, you know, we do it in Brazil. I mean, it's kind of taken us a lot of different places because you know people like you know I've heard one golf course superintendent tell me you know green sales, you know, yeah, people yeah. there's nothing wrong with brown grass. Uh, and people are okay with, you know, but, you know, it, it's like when we go and we work with a sod farm and we're painting, uh, let's say dormant zoysia and you, it's either going to be dormant zoysia or, uh, or dormant zoysia overseeded with perennial ryegrass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can offer, you know, depending on you know, what they're offering, but if you can offer a green turf to a, you know, a, a contractor, let's say, that's selling a new house or, you know, they're not going to go back. They're going to have this really nice looking lawn. They're typically not going to go back to brown. They're going to stay with brown. And, 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 and from a landscaper's point of view, I, I just had one gentleman, which I was so happy to hear from him. Uh, he told me that he had started doing this and, uh, and he has a chemical lawn care service. Okay. And he told me he said he had picked up. He'd been just he'd been painting lawns, and he and this year he kind of like went full force. Okay. And he told me that this year he picked up more business than he ever had picked up before. Uh, and it was like you know for his size, it was I thought it was a a, a decent number. Um, uh, he had picked up close to two hundred accounts, a hundred accounts in a month. That which you know for just because. He had enhanced the color of the grass, and what ends up happening is, if you're, you know, if you're a homeowner and you're riding down the street and you're looking at your these lawns, and you got a brown lawn, brown lawn, brown lawn, and then all of a sudden you see this really nice looking lawn that looks just like summertime grass, mm-hmm. and then you see another brown lawn, and then you see another green lawn. Well, obviously, someone's going to pick up on that because people innately they like the you know they they like to the way a lawn a nice looking lawn looks and as long as it doesn't look fake yes and you know and also it's very important to them as well as it is to us 
that we, you know, we don't do anything that's harmful uh, to the environment. And you know, okay. all of our products are they're organic pigments, and and uh, you know that's a very important part. But you know, I think it's uh, that that's certainly how a landscaper could take something like this and use it as a tool to literally promote his business and also uh, give them uh, revenue, a revenue stream in times of the year they may or may not have revenue streams coming in yeah yeah no i absolutely uh get you on that like i said just from my experience of using iron sulfate during the spring uh, to kill moss and having sort of that side benefit that the rest of the lawn turns really green and getting a bunch of extra clients from uh like neighbors and stuff that see that person's lawn uh, i can uh, you know imagine you know doing something like that in the summer the problem with iron sulfate of course is that it still needs water uh to uh to make the the lawn green and stuff like that so uh having that sort of same benefit in those drought times uh i think uh would be absolutely fantastic um i'm just going to take a quick break here and then we'll get back right into it right after this at xmark we've poured decades of leading edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our laser z the pioneering commercial zero turn rider more landscape pros trust So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an XMark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so uh, did you have any, uh, when it came to you know, developing uh, the dyes and stuff, were there any unique challenges that uh, you came uh, across in the development of the product? Um, yeah, we're still developing the product. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's things that come up when you're dealing with so many different variables, um, you know, everything, you know, you've got at any time you, you have so many different cultivars of, of turf grasses you know, different, you know, times of the year, different levels of dormancy, you know, water. So, you know, we always look at it like, okay, what is, but we're always kind of looking at, okay, what are we starting with? Uh, you know, whether it be color, you know, is it a good stand of grass? Uh, is it, is it, you know, kind of weedy? What, you know, but for the most part, we look at, you know, we want to remain, uh, natural looking. Yes. Um, initially, you know, there, you know, obviously there was some, the color matching wasn't so difficult, um, because it was, you know, pretty, you know, we can do that, uh, you know, but when you, when you're color matching something, uh, that's static, you know, there's no change, Yeah. you know, like you're doing clothes or, you know, you're dying a shirt or something that's, you know, a pretty static thing. It's not, it's not going to change. It's going to change over time, mm-hmm. but you know, one of the things that comes up is like sunlight. Sunlight is a very important factor that's going to play into uh, colorants. You know, with sunlight, sometimes you'll, you know, you're, you'll, and, and people that have seen colorants uh, in the marketplace, they'll, they, you know, that, that are experienced with using uh, turf colorants, there's, you know, there's, there's a thing, you know, after you put it out, it may look good initially. But then over time, it may like fade to a different color. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is you're, because of sunlight, the, uh, the photo degradation that you get 
in the pigments, it, it will lose one color and move towards, a lot of times it'll move towards a blue. Um, and so at that point, you kind of look like, you know, it doesn't look real. It looks kind of, it just looks like there's, you know, you've got blue grass. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the big things that we strive to do is to make sure that all the, all of our colorants will not fade or change color as they uh, degradate, you know, so that, you know, they'll stay the same hue. Okay. Now they will fade over time, but it's very important that when you put these out, that you want it to stay the same hue and the same color and not move towards a different shade, uh, uh, you know, or lose its actual, the natural tonality to, that doesn't look fake. Okay. Um, there, there, that, that hap- that, and, you know, I would say another thing that we've had to address would be, uh, what, you know, color fastness, you know, th- this is an ongoing thing. You know, if you're, you're, if you're in contact sports, you're always looking to, uh, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure you watch football games and sometimes you see these guys will come up and they'll just, you know, covered in, you know, the uniforms are covered in, in green. Yep. And so we strive to, um, make the colorants uh, color fast so they don't come off on the uniforms. Okay. Uh, and these are, these are, so these are things that you're constantly working on. There's not, you know, dealing, you know, what we do in the landscape industry may be different than what we do in sports turf or golf because the application is different. You know, you're dealing with, and the, the height of cut, you know, different types. So there's, there's so many to say there's one specific thing. We're, we're constantly looking to improve the quality of the product so it fits in the particular industry uh, that it was designed to work with. Okay. Um, a question that comes to mind for me, you mentioned it being environmentally uh, safe. Um, are there any limitations to that? I'm just thinking about like, I know with some, say, uh, herbicides and stuff, for example, if somewhere were to, it might be, uh, you know, allowed to be sprayed in a certain, like a lawn, but if that lawn is maybe too close to a natural stream or something, then they're not allowed to use that product where otherwise they would uh is there any sort of things like that as far as like you know streams or things or uh, water runoff no, or th- all, all i mean obviously we have to be pragmatic about things you're not we wouldn't want anybody taking the paint and pour it in the water yeah um but the, you know all, the products uh and all the ingredients are are uh compliant with epa regulations for ground contact and stormwater runoff. Okay. So I mean, there's no there's no issues with that at all. I mean, it's you know it's you know safe for pets. Um, you know, there's there we haven't had anything that that we when we we strive to make sure that that's uh, a definitely a very important part for. Uh, for the uh, formulations of the endurance products. Okay, very cool. That's uh, a, a great thing. And I was actually going to ask you about the uh, the pets part of it uh, next because I know a lot of uh, um, you know uh, even my own dog and stuff. If he's got an upset tummy, the first thing he does is he wants to go outside and eat grass, and he'll start you know eating the grass and stuff. And uh, so that's always a consideration uh, as well uh, if you're putting um, you know colorants uh, on a lawn, right? And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's questions uh, that clients would uh, be asking uh, somebody who's uh, putting something like that on. Um, Another question that comes to mind is if you were to spray a lawn, can the lawn still be mowed uh, after that? Or is that sort of um, kind of... That's a great question. That is a great question. And the answer is yes. Okay. But, uh, okay, so here's here's how the endurance works. You know, if you're, if you're, 
your limiting factor with painting grass is vertical growth. Yeah. You know, now obviously there's going to be, you know, other factors, you know, if you get, you know, we have torrential rain, uh, you know, those types of things, you know, that, that will obviously cause it to wear down faster. But typically on grass that's non, you know, it's not growing vertically, you can typically expect uh, somewhere between two to three months uh, of longevity. Okay. A lot of times with, uh, with you know, with golf courses, you know, for example, they'll kind of budget for one to two applications per year uh, to kind of get them through the winter months. You know, if you're a resort golf course yeah. and you're kind of focused on, you know, play – but with you know, but that's you know, you're spraying with a spray boom in, a, in the in the in the landscape industry. You know, these guys typically we would either use a skid sprayer, backpack sprayer, and you're you're literally because you're putting out with a let's say a JD nine handgun or a spray wand, you're actually getting a lot more paint down. So you, you, we don't see that as much. You know, we don't see people that are going to do uh, you know. Maybe they do two applications, but they'll do it at lighter rates. Like in, here in South Florida, you know, they'll do, um, they'll do two applications, uh, a year typically, but the grass in South Florida is not going dormant. You know, if in the same, if you were up in North and you're, you're in the summer months, I would say, you know, one application through the summer would get you there. It, but you know, to answer your question, uh, you can mow it, and we typically suggest that it needs to, you know, the lawn needs to be mowed and cleaned up before you prepare it. Yeah. Um, and, but the longevity is definitely, could definitely be, uh, affected by, you know, if you're getting vertical growth. But, you know, if you're mowing, you know, the chances are, you know, if you've got a good stand of grass, it probably doesn't need to be painted because if, you know, with good, good, uh, a good program, and if you have a nice fertility program, Usually the grass is going to be good and nice color. I mean, this, this is, is kind of added benefit when those challenges arise that you have turf that's brown, uh, whether it be from heat stress or dormancy. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, um, you know, at least from my experience, sometimes like during the summertime, um, a lot of uh, the clients, instead of a weekly cut, they might go to an every two week cut because, uh, in some cases it's not the entire lawn that goes brown. It might be, uh, just areas of the lawn. So the, the other parts still grow a little bit. So you go every couple of weeks just to clean it up and, and make it look nice. So I was trying to sort of weigh the, if you were to put colorant down, but then you weren't able to mow, then you're losing out on that part of the income. And, and then it kind of might just balance itself out. Um, whereas if you can still mow it, then you're kind of getting the best of both being able to, you know, color the lawn and then still do one cut or something if you needed to, uh, to clean it up, uh, you know, partway through the summer or whatever. Right. Well, there, and there's always going to be places. I mean, I mean, rarely do you have a lawn that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be areas that, you know, are a little weak. Maybe they don't get good coverage with the irrigation. You know, if you have a fescue lawn that's got, uh, Bermuda grass, uh, you know, contamination, you know, the, the, the fescue will stay green and the, and the, and the, and the Bermuda will go brown. So you have this brown and green right in the same lawn. So, you know, you go and paint the Bermuda, uh, the Bermuda green uh, to match the the fescue, uh, and that'll give you you know the uniformity you're looking for. I mean, there, there's so many different ways. Like, and in, in, in up where you are, we also have one of the products is called Endurant TE. It's called Endurant Turf Enhancer, 
And it's a pigment. Now, people use, um, um, I mean, indicator dyes have been, you know, whether you're spraying glyphosate or Roundup, whatever you're spraying, they always use an indicator, whether it be blue or, or green. Okay. Um, the, the, if you're doing a, uh, you know, let's say you're doing a pre-emergent application or, or whatever, you can use the Endurant TE, for example, as an indicator. The difference between is the indicator dyes, when you hit them with irrigation, they typically wash away. Okay. With yeah. this, you're going and you're getting, you know, you're getting the application of an indicator dye that, you know, you know where you're spraying, but that color is not going to go away. And it's going to basically enhance the green that's already there. As, you know, like you said, if you're using uh, iron sulfate, it'd be kind of like that. You know, you're just giving a nice touch of color, but you ha- it used, it was, you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're, you know where you're spraying. And you're you're kind of enhancing the color of the lawn at the same time. Okay. So, and then when you mention um, sort of um, the limitations in the summer, uh, depending on like if the lawn is is growing or completely dormant or not, um, do you mean in terms of like um, when you were saying that? I was thinking of an exa- like an example of like um, you know you hear of people who color their hair and then after a few months you know they say you know my roots are showing and you can see sort of at the base that it's a different color now because the hair is growing out. Is that sort of the same with the lawn? Like, like as the lawn does yeah, I- grow. Yeah, typically when we paint grass, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to revert it. Like once, whether it's cool or warm season grasses, and I'll use warm season grasses, um, you know, we typically see uh, if, if the grass is painted, if the turf is painted, we usually see about four to six weeks uh, earlier transition times uh, for turf that is painted simply because it's like, Putting on a you know, jacket, you know, like that's either if you were wearing a black jacket or 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 a, a white jacket, you know, then you can actually get you know get that growth. With with cool season with cool season grasses, you know, it, once that grass starts to grow, the grass that's coming out is going to be green. So right. what ends up happening, you just kind of start transitioning out of whatever, whether it be drought or or dormancy. And the, and the turf that's growing is going to be green. It's not going to be brown. Yeah. So you just kind of transition into mowing, and and then you're 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 on your way. Okay. Um, another question that just popped into my mind is: uh, Does the colorant being on the blade of grass does it um, impede um, the grass from receiving any? Like I'm uh, thinking, I, I don't do chemical spraying like in my business but if somebody had to spray the lawn would that impede the the spray from you know going through the the, the actually, leaf we have a lot of you know we have a lot of folks that actually will spray i mean you certainly they try to you know, typically we suggest you know try to implement it into your program whatever it, it whether you're whatever you're doing yeah uh and so that you don't add an extra step now some people some you know companies will kind of upsell it uh, you know, as a, but you know, if you kind of implement it into your existing program, then basically you're not adding a step. Okay. Um, the way these work, these are inert pigments. That means they're insoluble in water. So you're basically taking a, an organic pigment 
and you stick it in on the outside of the leaf blade. Okay. But it, it works like pixelation. If you if you take a picture and you see, you know, you have you're not going to get a hundred percent coverage. You're only kind of you're getting partial coverage. Okay. So it's not going to hurt as far as you know as and, and most of the time, whether you know if you're doing you know if you're it's going to be on turf that is brown. Yeah. And so you're going to be doing things, whatever that is, whether you're doing foliar fertilizers or doing a granular application or you're doing a pre-emergent or whatever, uh, you know, it, it's certainly not going to affect any of those things. Well, actually, most of the folks that do this, unless it's in the golf industry, a lot in, in the landscape industry or lawn care industry, they're usually implementing it in with, you know, a fungicide application or something like, and I can say here in Florida, a lot, you know, we get, um, uh, large patch and, and, and so they'll, they'll, in order to, while, you know, once those soil temperatures get to, and I know this is <laughs> where you are, it's kind of, it's, it's all relative, but you know, with here, you know, once it, once that soil temperature gets to a certain, you know, 52 to 55 degrees mm-hmm. below, you know, have a lot of, you know, things that are going to be able to recover. It has to get to a certain temperature. So a lot of times if you get a fungus and you're, even though a lawn, a lawn company is going out and they're actively uh, addressing the issue, the turf is already, you know, brown, it's died out, you know, so you have this spot in the lawn that, you, you know, your customer is not going to be happy with. So mm-hmm. even though you're dealing with that, you still have this unsightly, let's say, areas in the lawn that are there so they use that to camouflage if you will the area and give them a nice lawn and so with the customer they're happy because their lawn is uniform it's got you know everything unless you know obviously if you if you have dirt you know it's going to be green dirt but you know if it's typical you know like you have areas that that, that kind of check out from time to time for whatever reason you can they typically use those as a camouflage to you know while we're waiting for the temperatures to get either, in your case, you know, get cooler or warmer so that the turf can recover. You know, the customer is happy because they have a nice uniform lawn. And, you know, they're not, you know, the typical individual, you know, in, in or household, they're not going to know all the different types of things that uh, uh, a lawn care individual is going to know. For the most part, if they got a good stand of grass and it's green, and in our case, you know, if it's the greenest lawn on the block, they're going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Very good points. Um, I think another thing that I would, I would imagine, too, that if somebody were to add this to their lawn care business, something that you um, may want to you know, make sure that you're letting the customer know, uh, and I'm just assuming here, but uh, maybe you can clear up if I'm wrong, is that uh, this you know, will make the lawn look nice and green and healthy, but it doesn't I would imagine do anything for the texture of the lawn. So, you know, people might imagine, okay, it looks nice and green. I'll be able to, you know, go out there barefooted and it'll feel like nice, you know, spring grass. And it's like, well, no, it's still probably going to feel dry and crunchy uh, under your feet. And uh, that drought may still leave your footprints in the the lawn uh, when grass is usually drought, uh, you know, uh, suffering from drought and you walk on it, you can kind of see the, the stairs. It doesn't, re- or steps there. It doesn't recover. So I'm assuming that it would be the same regardless of whether it's colored or not. Yeah, it would be, it wouldn't notice. I mean, whatever the texture is, 
uh, at that point, it's not going to change the texture. It's not going to make it harder or, you know, more crunchy or less crunchy. You know, whatever, you know, obviously for us, we always say the better the stand of turf we have, the better it's going to paint. Okay. You know, so, I mean, so it, you know, it's not going to change anything as far as the way it feels. I mean, it, it's just going to, you know, help the aesthetics of the turf. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, very cool. So I'm just going to take another quick break, and then uh, we'll get back right into it right after this. Hey, Lawn Care Nation. Want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction? Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn, what to look for when you're out in the field, how to spot red flags, and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so uh, looking um, through your website, and I think I saw where uh, turf dye wasn't the only thing that you guys uh, have dyes for. I think I saw um, like a mulch dye as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we do um, mulch colorants. We have like for pine straw, uh, we have black, uh, brown, um, and uh, cypress red. Okay. Uh, we also do... Um, uh, palm colorants, which probably wouldn't uh, be applicable where you are. No. <laughs> uh, but certainly in the southern states, um, you know, next to the coast, uh, of course, here in Florida. Um, so, you know, the, the mulch colorants are interesting because most of the time, as a landscaper, you know, a lot of these times, especially if you're dealing with HOAs, um, you only budget, you know, usually maybe once a year to remulch. But in the same types of pigments or colorants that are used in, in mulch is, is like what we use. Yeah. Um, we just have a different uh, binding system. So let's say you go out and you put out, you know, black mulch and black mulch is pretty, you know, a pretty standard thing throughout yes. the industry. Uh, but, you know, three months into it, uh, it starts to look a little bit different. You know, it's not looking as quite as good. And of course, four, five, six months into it, now you got a whole, you know, now it's, it's just there. It's just not looking good. Yeah. So this allows for people to go in, use the existing mulch. They can color it on top of it and, and keep the area looking new, uh, without having the cost of going in and, and remulching. Okay, very, very cool. Yeah, that's something uh, even here that I notice a lot when I do, uh, you know, I've got a few clients where I do uh, mulch every year. Um, and a lot of times it's not because of the need for more mulch, because the mulch is still there and intact. It hasn't disintegrated, but it's just, it looks gray now. It it just, right. it doesn't look as nice as it did when it first, you first put it down. So they want you to, you know, add more uh, to it and stuff. And thinking about, well, the dye, that would save a lot of labor <laughs> versus having to go yeah, and, and do. So, mul- yeah, it, it does say, and, 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 it, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, depending on what color individuals like, you know, pine straw is actually worse, you know, than the mulch because it degrades so much, so rapidly. And, you know, there's, uh, we actually do, like, sometimes you'll have areas that are on a slope, 
and that they're, they're mulch. So a lot of that mulch or pine straw will erode. I mean, I mean, it just wash. Yeah. And so we, we actually do uh, certain polymers that will, that uh, we call it mulch creep. And it will literally, you can put it right in with the, with the colorant. If you have slopes uh, that typically wash away, I mean, I know that pine straw will do this even more so. Um, so it literally locks everything in place so it doesn't wash away and you're, while you're adding the color at the same time. Okay, very cool. So how could a typical lawn care company, say, you know, a one-man operation to, uh, you know, a, a company that has crews, how could they go about uh, getting started with this? What would they uh, need in terms of equipment uh, to apply it? Um, and uh, maybe uh, what are some, like, best practices uh, for applying the products? Yeah. Okay. Literally, again, like I said earlier, it's not rocket science. I mean, literally a homeowner could do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know that it's very, you know, I would suggest it, but literally you could go to one of the retailers and buy a one gallon pump up sprayer and, and mix the, the product uh, with water and go out and apply it. Now, obviously the, the more advanced the, the equipment, you know, you know, whether it be with pressure, you know, we, you know, typically like on the skid sprayers, we look, you know, we'd like to see somewhere between, you know, 25 to 35 PSI. You know, obviously the nozzle, uh, you know, the nozzle selection is extremely important because that's your paintbrush. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're doing a flat fan nozzle, you're moving left to right or a conical nozzle where you're moving circularly, circularly, yep. uh, you know, so you want an even, an even coverage. Uh, personally, I like the flat fan nozzles because I can walk backwards and move left to right and, and, it, it, you know, and give a nice, a nice coverage. Um, as far as if someone was just wanting to get started, you know, I always say, you know, start out simple, do your own lawn, try it out, see how it looks, see what the response is. And typically, that when, as you're doing it, people will stop you and ask you, how much does it cost to do my lawn? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens all the time because you're literally people like uh, instant gratification. They like, they're going, they're seeing someone, they're out there putting this color on their lawn and it looks great. And it's like, wow, I'd like to have my lawn done like that. So, you know, if someone was just getting started, I would suggest, you know, at least use a backpack sprayer. Okay. Uh, you know, those two, you know, like a one gallon sprayer. Uh, but most, you know, lawn care companies will have a backpack sprayer. You know, the other part of that is, you know, you can pick up the lithium ion, uh, battery pack, uh, sprayers. Yep. So you won't have to be pumping, pumping all the time and wearing your arm out. And you, and those are relatively inexpensive. I mean, you can get them at, at lows, uh, you know, pretty, a little bit more than a hundred dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. and then they go up there. Um, you know, the mix ratio with, for us is extremely important. Now I have, and, and the reason being is you can like, we recommend, you know, a 20 to one or less, you know, okay. 20 parts of water, one, uh, colorant. What happens is, is let's say sometimes people go, well, I, I can mix it at a hundred to one and still see the color. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is, is the mix ratios are based on the binders, the binders that hold the, hold it onto the turf. So okay. you may see the color. And you, if you mix it too, if you water it down too much, you don't have enough binder in there to hold it to the turf, so you won't get the longevity okay. that you need. And you will start getting into, uh, you know, uh, rub off and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, 
So if, as far as like if, if you already have a skid sprayer, um, we do have a wheel sprayer that, you know, they, they do have a quick connect. Uh, I would say that the, the wheel sprayer that you can see on our website, and of course, uh, you know, if, they're, if they're, you go to one of the social media outlets, uh, as far as uh, Instagram, for example, you'll see the wheel sprayer, and it, it literally will cut your time because most of your time is going to be in cutting in. Because if you don't use a wheel sprayer, you just have to be careful. You know, when you're getting up close to the walkways or concrete, uh, you, you know, you have to be, you're either going to use a piece of cardboard or you're going to have another person or even two people holding boards or whatever to keep it off the concrete. This allows you to uh, walk about as fast as you can walk. You can cut in, and it'll only cut in where you want it, and you won't splatter over onto the concrete. Okay. Uh, uh, but, you know, if, if for the most part, if someone's interested in in beginning this process, we have a team of people that all they do, they're dedicated, they travel all over the United States, and they work with landscape companies. We do seminars. Uh, we work with companies like uh, Regal Chemical, Site One, uh, Ewing Irrigation. Uh, and there's a, quite a few distributors, and we will set up. Uh, we'll, we can set up uh, uh, classes in the very in in an in area just to teach people how to do this because we want them to be able to have the hands-on experience, ha- you know, help them give offer their customer a, a, a really nice product. So basically, like I said earlier, we want to transition from, let's say, the NFL or, or uh, a PGA event, you know, these, these you know, spectacular golf courses, for example, that you see on TV, you know, we want to transition into. So the lawn care uh, person or company, a small, you know, small to large, be able to offer that same technology that they use to uh, in on national TV to offer that to the local uh, the local community. Okay, very very cool. So it would be like as a maybe say a a single owner uh, operator type business doing uh, residential lawns. Um, you could feasibly. Uh, uh, get started with a backpack sprayer, one of those battery-powered backpack sprayers, and and be able to do uh, residential lawns with something like that. Yes, sir, absolutely. Okay, so are there any other uh, specialty tools or anything that would be required? You talked about, um, you know, getting close to pavement and stuff, and and using cardboard or something as you're going along that edge to prevent it from going on. What happens if the you know something happens and uh, the colorant does end up on a sidewalk or something like that. Uh, it, it's a great question. So, you know, like what we always suggest is if you're going to paint grass, uh, what we suggest is you just pre-wet the concrete you know, okay. prior to, you know, if you just pre-wet it, if you, you know, typically we'll say, okay, well, have one uh, container, one, you know, one gallon or a two gallon pump up sprayer, and just you know, just run along that concrete prior to uh, prior to painting it and wet it down. And if you do happen to get a drop of paint on it, you know it'll literally with the same water you wet it down with, you can just wash it right off right then. Okay. Now, if if you don't do that, the paint is made to stay on. I yeah. mean, it's made to stay on. I mean, it's not what. So a lot of times, especially with concrete, and it can get hot, so it dries fast. So if you do get it on there. 
you need to get it off as quickly as possible because okay. once it dries, it can rubbing involved. Yeah, yeah. Would you suggest um, maybe uh, for guys who are inexperienced starting out um, to maybe have a small pressure washer with them uh, on the truck it's just not, in case? It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be like that. I okay. mean, typically we really don't have I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have a major, you know, anything major come up. I mean, it, it literally, if, 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 I mean, if it did get on there and, and you had some, if you had a, a, like a drop or, you know, a little bit of overspray for some reason, typically some, you know, if you do it right then, um, you know, just a little bit of soap and water and then it comes off. But it's so much better just to pre-wet that concrete. You know, with, you know, water is so simple. You just walk along the, the edge of where you're spraying and wet it down. And literally, you know, with one, two sprays of the same sprayer, I mean, that drop's gone. Okay. It just okay. saves so much. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, so are there any other, um, things typically that come up during a spraying job that, uh, people should be aware of, um, when they're going to attempt this? Um, I would, you know, from my own personal experience and because, you know, sometimes I like, I like it dark and I, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, sometimes I have, I had the tendency to base the color on what I was doing when I was spraying. Okay. So sometimes you'll say, okay, well, I need to, uh, I want it a little bit darker, but you know, I always say wait until it dries and to evaluate the color then. Because a lot of times you'll go in and you'll paint it and it'll, you know, you maybe want it a little bit darker. Uh, so they'll, you know, they'll do another layer or something like that. And they'll, they'll do another application on top of it. Uh, we always suggest wait till it dries. And because the colorants will kind of, uh, cure in, if you will, over a three day period. So what the color, the hue, the hue won't change, mm-hmm. but the depth of shade will change. Okay. Like it'll get a little bit darker as it starts to dry and over that first three day period, uh, you know, so typically like if we were doing uh, sports turf or whatever, we try to do it, uh, three days ahead of TV. Okay. So that way, you know, whatever, you know, whatever I get is going to be on, you know, it'll be on that third day and then you know, moving forward, it'll stay that way. Okay. Um, that brings up a, a question as well. Um, unlike a paint where if you were to put a paint down, regardless of whether, you know, you put one coat and you put another coat over it or you overlap, it's always the same, but being a dye and you put it down, does overlapping affect the color? Um, like at the end of the job, would you be able to see, um, where you overlapped and where you didn't overlap as it being darker there? Um, not unless you get, I mean, typically, I mean, if you have, the only time you'd really see that is in, uh, like in sports turf or golf courses where maybe you had a little bit of overspray into one area, like maybe the booms was just a little bit over, but typically what will end up happening is it will all even out. Okay. And and that happens over that three day period. So what, even with tracking, sometimes, you know, there's certain spray equipment out there uh that actually has the boom sprayer in the front with the wheels so you're actually spraying through the paint uh you're, or you you the wheels are pulling through the paint yeah even the, and you'll think some we get a lot will that track and 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 the answer is no i mean you get it, it just kind of evens out just like if you were painting if you paint a wall 
you know, when it's wet, it's kind of got that motley look, and, and but it's, as it dries, it kind of evens out, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing. Oh, okay. Now that actually you, it brings up, I've got so many questions. Every time you say something, I figure something else pops in my head. And then you talked about uh, using, you know, something like that. And then you're, you know, maybe a boom sprayers in front. So guys may be tempted to maybe use a sprayer on their zero turn mower. And, um, you know, the same sort of uh, thing just to get, you know, larger properties done quicker and stuff. But then is that something where, you know, if you're driving on the lawn like that, to have to worry about then tracking over the sidewalk to get the machine back on your trailer. And it was funny that you say that because we, you know, for landscape companies, they, a lot of them would use the, uh, the Z sprayers. Yeah. You know, they're, they're pretty popular, uh, here. I don't, you know, not, you know, I don't know about the rest of the country, but here in Florida, they're you know, a very pretty popular company. Um, and they literally spray, they usually have a boom sprayer attached, uh, onto them and they'll spray, uh, with those. Um, um, so, I mean, we just don't have those kind of issues as far as, uh, you know, you know the tracking or, or anything like that. I mean, typically you know, whatever the application or what the, whatever they're using as an application, the most important thing is the nozzle selection of what you're using or what, whatever piece of equipment, uh, you're using, uh, the nozzle selection that you get good, even coverage, uh, and, um, the mix ratio. Those are probably the most, the two most important things, you know, and the correct color. Obviously, you know, if you're, you know, we wouldn't recommend putting like, and every, everywhere is different. In Las Vegas, they like, you know, see it from the moon. They like those planes to come yeah. over and see those airways, you know, all lit up and they, and they use heavy rates of overseed typically in the past. You know, in, in the southeast, you know, the premium, most of the, you know, a lot of people have um, uh, zoysia lawns, uh, and it just kind of depends on where you are in a fescue or uh, bluegrass. You know, those would kind of stay with the premium color, uh, and you kind of decide, okay, this is the color this for this, this grass. And, of course, you know, if you get south, whether it's St. Augustine uh, or, you know, Southern California where they have kikuyu grass, the same thing in South Africa, uh, it just, you know, you, you match the color to the turf that you're, 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 you're spraying or you're treating okay. uh, so that it look, looks natural. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine, um, too, like if you're just using a backpack sprayer, <clears throat> you would probably typically maybe, uh, you know, start in a corner or something. And then you're, as you said, working your way backwards with that sort of fan sprayer. So you're always on oh, the yeah. non-colored area anyways yeah. and, and working your way and back. I didn't Sorry. The, the answer to, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Yes. You do need to always be cognizant if you're using, like, for example, a Z sprayer, that you're not going to track through the concrete. So you always want an, in, an, entr- uh, an entrance and an exit. You have to plan out, you know, obviously with a, uh, with a backpack sprayer or something like that, you're, you know, you're always kind of painting, you know, walking backwards typically or you're painting in front of you. So you're always planning out where am I going to exit with a, with a Z sprayer. Um, you know, you just need to be cognizant of, okay, I'm going to enter in this area and then I'm going to exit. You plan out your exit and then usually it's going to be on, uh, something that, that's either black pop or something like that okay. instead of white. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I can ima- I imagine too. Like I was just thinking that you could probably, uh, if you're working like a Z sprayer and you work out, you know, a lot of homes might have like a sidewalk or something, uh, city sidewalk, and then the lawn and stuff, and you could literally, um, you know, put a tarp down over the sidewalk up to your trailer gate yeah. and then just track over that yep. uh, just to make sure you're not uh, you know causing any issues that way um, so that brings yeah. up another point as well so if you have a client and you're putting that stuff down and maybe they have uh, kids or pets I know you know regardless of what I put on my lawn uh, whether it's like if it's an organic fertilizer or whatever my dog is like rolling around in it the first chance he gets um, so how long uh, would you typically say until it's safe for a customer to let their uh, pet out there not so much because they might eat it but maybe you know they've got this nice white poodle and you know you don't want them to turn green or tracking it back over the patio or into the house or something like that right that's a great question so i'm sure a lot of your listeners uh are used to you know no matter how many signs you put out and say you know hey it's been applied you know everybody's seen you know we applied some you know fungicide or something and and almost all, a lot of times, you know, they have people just, they'll go right into it. Dogs, or, or as you said, whatever. Um, you really have to keep people out of the grass until it dries. And and there's two factors that come into play. One is, was the grass dry when you sprayed it? So, and what, you know, what's the humidity? So it typically takes about two to three hours, you know, around about to, to pour the product to dry on, gra- uh, on a, on a typical day, uh, that there's no, you know, no rain or anything. But a lot of times you have know, to keep into consideration is what is your limiting factor? If there's no rain, you know, we usually tell people just keep people off of it for a day. You know, it's probably going to be dry two or three hours. So we hope to keep people off of it for, you know, the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it just needs to dry. Now, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm cautious with the times simply because if you go out, and you spray at, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you have dew on the ground, Mm -hmm. then your Mm -hmm. limiting factor is not the paint, but when is the dew gone? Because the dew will also affect. And you can, and and we all, you know, we like to paint in dew. The dew, there's there's a surfactant built into into the paint that helps it spread over the leaf blade. Actually, in the golf industry, uh, we prefer to paint dormant turf when there's frost because the frost acts as like capillary action and it covers, you just get better coverage. Okay. Uh, but you just have to, you know, keep people off of it until it dries. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So this is something you would suggest putting, you know, if it's a wide open, say front lawn or something that you would maybe want to have some signs on, um, just to say to, well, to keep off the lawn. I would let, you know, you definitely want to, uh, you know, I would strongly suggest, you know, that you let the people know what you're doing. Okay. You know, so they are aware of, hey, we're going to be color enhancing your, your lawn, uh, and this is what we're going to do. And please stay off of it for this. And so they know, hey, this is being done. Okay. You know, the last thing you want is, you know, you paint the lawn, and, uh, you know, 10 minutes after you do it, you know, somebody's running through the grass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it would just be the same someone sitting on a uh, you know sitting on a uh, freshly painted park bench. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, no, it sounds good. And, and I think having, uh, probably being proactive and having signs to, um, you know, even if you've told the owner, um, but you know, 
on a front lawn because I know like a lot of the houses I do, like I say, there's that uh, maybe city sidewalk in front of and people are walking their dogs and the dogs are on leash and they're tracking through lawns and then going back onto the sidewalk and then tracking through lawns, yes. and, right? So you might want to have some signs up just oh, you to... Oh, I'm saying, you know, stay off the grass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So can you offer any sort of um, guidance uh, to guys? Because a lot of guys here, um, you know, the audience here is probably 80% um, based in the USA. Uh, and then the, the rest make up Canada and some of other uh, in Europe and stuff like that. And um, this is maybe the first time they're even hearing about uh, doing uh, this uh, type of a service or, or adding something like this to their business. How would they even think about uh, quoting something like this? Is there any guidance that you can uh, offer uh, people? Uh, you know, and that's a great question, Julio. You know, and, that, and there's not a straightforward answer. Okay. Uh, you know, the cost of the product is, is going to range somewhere around, uh, you know, a, a penny to a penny and a half a square foot, okay. something like that. Okay. Almost all of labor. So you're going to have to consider your time going out there, going to the lawn. If it's a, you know, the range is you know, typically from four cents to 35 cents a square. Okay. You know, it, it really kind of depends on, you know, where you fall, you know, how big the lawn is, you know, or are you going to paint a whole community? Okay. You know, obviously you can't go out and say, you probably wouldn't be able to go out and say, I'm going to charge 35 cents and you're going to do, you know, uh, uh, 200 acres, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, just that's not, 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 not realistic. Okay. But, you know, most of the time you're doing like in that case, you'd be using, you know, what kind of equipment are you using? So there's a range. And again, we, we do our best to work, with individuals uh, as much as we can if there's specific questions on that. You know, like I said, we have a team of people that, that they're just, that's all they do is help landscaping companies integrate this into their program. And it really is whether if you're in, you know, Seattle or, or Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, you know, Orlando, Florida, every situation it, you know, it's different. You have yeah. different variables. There's so many different things. So, and we're kind of accustomed to seeing how those different variables come into play. And so it really kind of has to be catered towards where they are, what time of year, what type of grass, what are the variables there, you know, what is their end result with their customers or with their home for that matter? You know, what, what it, you know, there's so many different moving parts. So we try our best to, work with individuals to give them the best option, you know, for their particular situation. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I guess it would be uh, completely different for every uh, type of lawn. It's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I usually tell people too, like uh, when they're asking about advice for starting a lawn care business, I say, you know what, look at your geographical area. Look at the things that you're going to have to come up with. You know, when with me, when I decided I wanted to start a lawn care business, I knew being in the Pacific Northwest, rain would be something I would have to contend with. Uh, and that, you know, not mowing on rain days was not an option here because it just, there's just too many rain days. So I started as a homeowner mowing my my own lawn in the rain and my neighbors would look at me like what the heck are you doing um and it was there was a plan behind my madness it was like if i can handle doing my own lawn in the rain then i can probably handle doing other people's and i would imagine if you can add a service like this that you don't know much of and you want to see what kind of comes up then your advice that you gave a, a bit earlier on of doing it on your own lawn first uh maybe find some friends and family that are willing to let you experiment
tent on their lawn and see what comes up for you. See what challenges come up. See uh, how much uh, time it's taking you to do it uh, before you start quoting for this. And that'll give you uh, just a better option of being in the ballpark. Uh, you know, it may not be perfect. You might still find some other new challenges when you get to specific situations, but it'll at least give you that uh, sort of hands-on practice. So you're not showing up, um, you know, wet behind the ears on somebody's property without any idea and figure, oh, shoot, you know, I should have wet that sidewalk first or, you know, I should have done this or, you know, I, I didn't watch where I was walking and I kind of did the whole area and now I'm stuck in the middle of the lawn in the little circle that isn't colored and I got to <laughs> get back to the trucks right. somehow, right? Right. Um, so yeah, probably uh, yeah. good to practice, maybe find some volunteers in the family that would like a green lawn for free and, uh, you know, yeah. Um, use it as a uh, the, the cost of the product as your tuition for the education of uh, right. of doing it. Uh, and, and I was going to say, if, if there are the general questions that kind of come up, uh, you know, we've tried to address them, and you know, people can go to um, turfpaint.net. Okay, uh, and they'll it'll say there'll be a link right there. It'll say. Uh, would you like to become a lawn painter? And you feel, you know, they go, they click on that link and there'll be, you know, lots of questions, the general questions like how long does it last is probably the most common question. How long does it last? And of course, is it environmentally friendly? And it'll go through all those different, you know, questions that ultimately will be asked to the person that's putting it out. So you want to be able to address those. And, and obviously, Again, we are so happy to help people learn how to do this. I mean, we, we literally, it's kind of like teaching someone to become a, a, a lawn Picasso, we always yeah. say. It. You know, you just, <laughs> you're, you're, it's, and, it's, and, and, and literally, it, it comes with practice. You just, you learn, you learn how to move and how, in what ways. And, and again, there's no one color that's exactly right. If you, you know, you ask a hundred people, you know, every single person would like, would like a different tone. So we show people how to mix uh, different colors to give them a specific color that they like. And that's typically what happens. You know, people that have been doing it, you know, we have, you know, the, the Vegas places, they like a certain color. You know, you know, there's just so many different ways to do it. And as long as you have the basics down, then it becomes, you know, you just kind of just get to a point where this is what the color I like for the type of grass. And then you can manipulate that uh, based on the variables that are presented, you know, throughout the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, too, another question that popped up uh, on my mind was, um, are there any sort of uh, um, protective equipment that people should wear? And are there any conditions, uh, i.e., you know, a slight breeze that you shouldn't be doing this in? Absolutely. You know, that's another great question. Wind is your nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be spraying paint and blowing 25 miles an hour and, you know, you know, up to next to a car. Yeah. You, know, you want, you know, and, and plus you, you're not getting the yield out of the product. If you're spraying and it's windy, you're, you know, the paint's blowing through the wind. Um, so you don't, you know, wind is something, you know, you don't want to do and you wouldn't want to paint in the wind. Okay. Uh, other thing is you don't want to spray if you think it's going to rain okay if there's a good chance it's going to rain because the paint will stay after it's dry but it has to have a chance to dry okay so if you if it's a good chance of rain then you probably want to punt for that day and just you know not do the lawn on that particular day okay as long you know if, 
if you're if you're painting in the morning and it's not supposed to rain until in the evening, then you're good okay. because you know, it's not just it just needs a chance to dry. Okay, um, those would be two things that I would okay. that come to mind. What about in like extreme uh, temperatures? I'm just thinking to my like f- uh, training with um, you know herbicides and stuff that like if you have to do it in the summer, that they say don't do it in the middle of the afternoon where it's super hot and it's evaporating right away. Do it in the morning where it has a chance to um, you know uh, be applied properly. Is any um, sort of similarities there, or does it matter if it's really too uh, hot or? Well, yeah, Julio, I can tell you, I have been painting uh, in on golf courses that it was so cold that the lines froze on the spray rig. Oh, wow. Is that any- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that on that end, yeah, no. Okay. Um, on on the other end, the only the only thing that is important is that you don't let the endurance uh, freeze. And it can't freeze because you know, the, the freezing, if it freezes, then it'll break out and you won't be able to get it back in. So okay. it's just like anything else. You just can't let it freeze. But there's really no, as long as the, the carrier, the water, you know, can be sprayed, then, you know, you can paint. Okay. So no no limitations in extreme high, like hot temperatures and where it's like drying no. on contact or other than the concrete and making sure the concrete's wet um, around. We, like I said, we when we paint in Dubai, it's 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So, um, basically, uh, last uh, question here down to the end, and that's uh, where can people purchase uh, the products? And um, is it just um, a different selection of different colored dyes for lawns and different um, mulch dyes? Um, yeah, they can actually, I mean, um, of course, we have several, you know, out in Arizona. You know, we have uh, Fertizona. There's you know numerous uh, that that cover the the California area. Uh, Site One is, of course, a national uh, distribution company that most uh, landscape companies would be familiar with. As is uh, Ewing Irrigation. Uh, depending on you know, we have uh, regional distribution channels. Uh, it would just depend on where each individual was. Uh, we also, if, if you're looking to get started. Uh, you know, you, you can certainly purchase it on Amazon. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, turfpaint.net forward slash store. Okay. We'll take you right to, right to the Amazon store. Uh, and we also have an, our own online store. So there's plenty of places to get it. You know, we obviously want to support our distribution channels because yeah. those uh, will help with the education of the individual on how to apply it and what to do. And, and of course, they're always welcome to call us directly, and we will be more than pleased to help them uh, find out where they can purchase the product uh, in their area of the United States. Okay. And you mentioned early uh, in the uh, interview that there are some other um, brands out there. So if somebody's asking for turf paint, it might not be the highest quality like uh, what you're selling is. And so yours, is, to be specific, is called Endurant Turf Paint. Endurant, yes. Endurant yeah. turf coloring. Okay, yes. perfect. Uh, if, you know, there, there's yeah, yeah, endurant turf paint. Oh. I mean, the, the 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 there are other colorants out there. You know, I, I could not and would not speak to the quality of of that. I just say, you know, when people are uh, looking at colorants, that they make sure whatever product they use uh, that they get a good um, 
amount of coverage, you know, that it's a concentrated product, uh, and then it does it that it looks real. A lot of times, you'll, you know, with companies, you'll get one color. This is, you know, it's one color fits all. Every every single thing, it's the same color for every type of grass. But you know, if you took, for example, uh, you have fescue, you have the color of fescue, and you had a centipede lawn or a uh, zoysia lawn, it's going to look strange to have like this evergreen color on this, what's typically a limey green color. So yeah. it's not going to look real. And that's, that's the thing that we strive to. We don't want it to look uh, painted. We want it to just look like uh, juiced up grass, turf. And, it, and, it's gonna, and that's it. I mean, we, you know, um, so I, I can't speak to anybody else's product. You know, those would be the things that I would kind of look to, and especially, you know, the movement of the hue from the original color, because you don't want to start out and it looks good one day, and then two weeks into it, you have a Smurfville lawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, not, they probably your customer is not going to be happy about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I think, um, you know, with all the information you've provided here and the fact that, uh, you know, you're, you're telling people to reach out if they need or have questions and uh, that you guys have, uh, you know, people that can uh, travel around and, and put on um, maybe clinics or things to show people uh, and answer all their questions is probably a safe bet uh, that uh, going with the Endurant is probably, uh, you know, your best bet uh, when you're doing this uh, on properties. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're obviously... Um, you know, doing a good job. Uh, and, you know, there's a, a great potential for income there. Like they say, the riches are in the niches and it's definitely a, a niche uh, type thing uh, right now, I would say. Uh, but you want to make sure you're doing it properly and, and keeping your liability down and, and not making, uh, you know, mistakes and, and doing things like uh, having that knowledge, knowing not to do it in the wind and, you know, uh, turning around and looking at the the, the homeowner's new es- white Escalade with green uh, mist all over it and stuff like that, right? You want you want right. to have all those best practices down uh, when you're doing it. So um, that's awesome uh, that you guys uh, yeah, are able to answer questions and that and get people uh, started on the right foot. How can people uh, contact contact you or follow you online? Um, oh, let's see. You know, the best way they, they can follow us on Twitter at geoponics, G E O P O N I C S. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, of course on Instagram, it's at turf painting. I think, uh, on it's that way as well on, yep. on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so, um, that, you know, those are the best way. Our, our website of course is, uh, uh, turfpaint.net. And our general website is Geoponics Corp. G E O P O N I C S C O R P. Awesome. So thank you very much, Robin, for uh, taking the time uh, and coming to uh, educate all of us uh, here in Lawn Care Nation about uh, your endurant uh, turf colorants and uh, being able to add, uh, you know, a cool service like that uh, during especially those drought times where uh, work is typically uh, drying out, uh, pardon the pun, uh, but being able to have something that you can kind of uh, make some extra income from uh, that sort of situation. 
Right, well, thank you so much, Julio, for having us. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Awesome. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed that value-packed uh, interview episode with Robin Wicker from Geoponics Corp, i.e. Uh, Turf Paint, uh, on Instagram. Uh, you know, like I said uh, throughout the interview, the riches are in the niches. Uh, a great way to separate yourself from your competition is to do things that your competition doesn't. And, uh, you know, providing something like turf painting uh, could be uh, just that thing that, uh, you know, gets you well-known in your community so uh that's it for this one guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now